Let us pray. Gracious God, it is good to be here, to be present at this, the first official St. Olaf gathering for the new academic year. We thank you for all that has brought us to this moment, to this place, for our families and their sacrifices, for our talents and life experiences, for traditions and new visions. We are indeed privileged to be at college, blessed to be at St. Olaf. And we're all aware of the countless variables, forks in the road that could have led each one of us, any one of us, down a different path. But we are here, each unique and precious, and together we are the community called St. Olaf, and for that we are grateful. Empower each of us as individuals to be faithful stewards of this gift and privilege, that we might grow, study, learn, engage, that we might work hard and play hard, that we might explore big questions of life and faith and meaning and flourish as your sons and daughters. Empower us together as a community to be a strong and caring place, truly there for one another, listening, challenging, supporting. And finally, empower us both as a community and as individuals to serve your larger global community, especially the hungry, the oppressed, and the forgotten, and in ways big and small to participate with you in the healing of your creation. Yes, it is good to be here. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. It is my distinct pleasure to introduce St. Olaf Student Government Association President John Laven to you. John is a senior from Chanhassen, Minnesota, with majors in math and philosophy, with a concentration in Middle East studies. His parents, Mark and Janice Laven, as well as his sister, Julie, a St. Olaf sophomore, are with us this morning, and we welcome them as well. John is a busy guy. And in preparing this introduction, I had a hard time actually pinning him down to discuss my comments. In fact, I had to threaten to read his admissions essay to you if he didn't cooperate. <laughs> For whatever reason, John jumped at the chance to meet before having to do that. However, with his permission, I will still read a portion of his admissions application. <laughs> with his permission, John writes, Sweat tastes great. At least I think it does. Maybe I just like sodium chloride. But when the lights beat down upon me in the heat of the summer night and those drops of perspiration stream all the way down my face into my mouth, I relish the taste. If Thomas Edison was right when he said success is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration, then we are in for a good year ahead. I know John. I know his SGA peers. Trust me when I say, indeed, we are in for a great year. St. Olaf students, colleagues, guests, and friends, it is my honor to present John Laven to you.
Thank you, Dean Kneezer. My fellow Ollies, it is a great pleasure to see all of you here this morning. Today marks the beginning of the academic year of St. Olaf College. Today classes begin, studying begins, homework begins. But you and I know that that is only scratches the surface of what is beginning. Beginning today, professors will start losing their hair at an accelerated rate. <laughs> Unfortunate students may also start losing their hair at an accelerated rate. <laughs> beginning today, new friendships will be formed and new challenges will be confronted. And beginning today, under the careful guidance of our dedicated faculty and staff, new passions for knowledge, wisdom, and service may be ignited. At the dawn of my senior year, I am beginning to look back at my years on the Hill, and I am starting to remember something that I had forgotten, and that is this, why I am a student at St. Olaf. When I came to St. Olaf, I immediately began wearing more sweaters. I began using larger, more expressive words, such as opprobium and ufta. <laughs> I sometimes even attended choir concerts. And the reason I have done all of these things is because I wanted to be a good Oli. A worthy goal to be identified with the men and women who have graduated from this college. But in my senior year, I am beginning to remember why I came to St. Olaf. It was not to learn how to become a good Oli. It was to learn how to become a good person. But perhaps those two goals are not so different. Yes, it is true that no two Olis are alike. There are Olis who play football, Olis who lax, who play the organ and sing a cappella, Olis who study molecular biology, romance literature, Russian studies, and education. We have a knitting club on campus, an accordion club, and, an, uh, and a croquet club. Describing what an Oli does is a difficult way to go about describing who an Oli is. But a good Oli is someone who knows that, and a good Oli is someone who celebrates the fact that a person is more than their occupation. A good Oli is someone with integrity to be their own person, even if it runs contrary to the crowd and simultaneously be open to new experiences because we know that substantial learning comes from experience. A good Oli is someone who realizes that small conversations can change lives and the way we live our lives can change the world. Beginning today, we will start having these conversations. We will start trying these new experiences and we will start celebrating our differences. For some of you, this ceremony marks the start of that journey of growth and exploration. For others of you, this ceremony is a reminder of what it is that we are here to continue. This year, I invite you not to join in not only doing the things that an Oli does, but also remember why it is that an Oli does them. It is a great privilege to welcome you back to the Hill. Umiaya. Thank you, John. I have the honor this morning of introducing Dr. Marcy Sorter, Professor of History, Provost, and Dean of the College at St. Olaf. Marcy earned the BA, MA, and PhD degrees at the University of California, San Diego, where she specialized in European history. Following the completion of her doctoral degree, she began a career as a history professor at Grinnell College, teaching courses on Europe in the Middle Ages, Renaissance and Reformation, and rising to the rank of professor. She also served Grinnell as chair of the Department of History, associate dean of the college, vice president for institutional planning, and acting vice president for advancement in college relations. She became our provost and dean on July 1st. Marcy's scholarly publications and papers center on studies of social and economic networks in medieval European cities, 
including the experience of immigrants, market-making in the textile trade, and other forms of economic activity. Her address this morning is titled, Tradition and Transformation. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Marcy Sorter. President Anderson, I thank you, the distinguished faculty and students for this opportunity to speak at the opening convocation. This gathering marks the commencement of a new academic year at St. Olaf. Moments like these are steeped in tradition. They drive home the continuity of place and people. This college on a hill has been devoted to the education and spiritual growth of young people since its founding days. With its immigrant, Norwegian, and Lutheran traditions, St. Olaf is a campus community like no other. Students, in coming to St. Olaf, you have entered into a community that unites you and your class with the students of the classes immediately before and after you. It also unites you with the classes of 2005, 1995, 1975, and 1955 among uh, and all of the years in between. And in the blink of an eye, it will connect you to the classes, among others, of 2025 and 2035 and beyond. Traditions such as this gathering underscore connections that span time and that have St. Olaf as their core. These traditions transform us. As you participate in layer after layer of traditions, from the Oli cheer to convocations and processions, they will shape you. They can help transform you into an Oli. These solemn occasions have something silly about them, too. Really, what exactly is the point of all of these professors dressed up like a bunch of medieval churchmen? <laughs> Actually, their gowns call to mind something a little bit more like the outfits of well-to-do 15th century merchants. We think of tradition as something that connects us to our roots and that somehow is timeless, mostly because for one day or one event, we're willing to do things the way we think that they have always been done. But that is only half the story. In the process of participating in traditions and the community that embodies them, we transform them. Traditions and their communities may look as though they are independent entities. After all, here is St. Olaf, the college on the hill, already populated by upper-class students, professors, staff members, courses, requirements, teams, choirs, bands, orchestras, clubs, and on and on. All here, all ready for you. It probably seems that a newcomer's first task is simply to fit in, to figure out how to do things right, learn that cheer. And this is an important task. But neither traditions like this one nor communities like St. Olaf exist independently. They do not exist in and for themselves. They are sustained by those who partake in them. And in sustaining the St. Olaf community and its traditions, we change them. How else can we get from the first class received in 1874 to this fabulous, talented, and diverse class, 
that comes from around the nation and the world, as well as from the great state of Minnesota. Participation in the St. Olaf Community of Learners will mean something different to each of us, but we will share these things. The meaningful experience of joining a community that bridges time and space, and the experience of finding common ground through its traditions. And we will share the responsibility and the privilege of belonging to and upholding the St. Olaf community. In so doing, we will leave our own collective imprint. In the process, St. Olaf itself will be transformed. This year's theme is transformation. Over the next several months, we will have opportunities to consider transformation from different disciplinary and creative perspectives. I hope that we as a college community will also take this time to think about transformations as part of a St. Olaf education. To this purpose, I want to address the entering class in particular, although in different ways, the issues I discuss pertain to all of us, including upper class students and educators. You, the class of 2015, and I share something in common. I'm starting out new here, just as you are. Together, we will be experiencing for the first time those traditions, some solemn, some silly, some a bit of both, and they will bind us to this place and this community. Furthermore, my own daughter has recently joined the class of 2015 at another college. I am sure that I will develop new sympathies as a result of this connection though I'm not sure what they're going to be. But I know that I will be watching you, class of 2015, as you progress through your four years with a personal as well as a professional interest. So what do I hope for you and for her in these next four years? What I wish for you is nothing less than transformation. Not the unthinking, natural transformation that comes with growing older and bigger and taller, what I wish for you is the hard, uncomfortable, and sometimes hilarious transformation that comes with acquiring a liberal arts education. As in the case of tradition and community, your intellectual transformation calls for your active and intentional participation. My hopes for the St. Olaf class of 2015 and for everyone in this assembly include intellectual changes and risk-taking, thoughtful examination of ideas long held and those newly acquired, the development of expertise and the discovery of pathways of inquiry that you have not yet imagined. Students, none of this happens automatically as a result of sitting in courses or living in a dorm. It requires you to be intentional about your time at St. Olaf. It requires you to map your own educational path. There are many different kinds of maps, but I want to contrast two sorts. A map produced by a service like MapQuest and a relief map. MapQuest type maps are very handy. They tell you to turn here, go 50 feet or 50 miles, turn there, and voila, you are at your destination. You don't have to think, you just go where you're told, and you arrive. In fact, the few times that I've tried to second-guess one of those kinds of maps, I've gotten lost. Instead, though, I, pro I propose something profoundly different, a different kind of map that requires skill and effort to use. I propose that in charting your educational path, you think of a relief map. 
which is something like a first-generation geographic positioning system, but on paper. A relief map takes some time to learn how to read. I remember some long evenings sitting with my father at the dining room table as he prepared the next family adventure in the high Sierras. And I have to confess that at age 10, 12, 13, I was not thrilled to see those maps appear. <laughs> a nice, bright map of Disneyland with little pictures of the Matterhorn and Pirates of the Caribbean would have been much more to my liking. Relief maps don't have much in the way of place names or anything that you could recognize if you met it. Instead, they're comprised of a series of squiggly lines, some of them close together, some far apart, shaded in green and brown, with an occasional number indicating elevation. And on those family backpacking trips, when we were standing at some high point, huffing and puffing after a steep climb, my father would pull out the map and start pointing around at the surrounding mountains. Hmm, he'd say, that must be Mount Hood. Or, there, see, there are the three sisters. If we go around that hump and over the hill, we will be where we want to go. And he'd show me how, judging from those squiggly lines, we were able to determine where we were and where we were headed next. It's the sort of map that you want when you strike out on your own and go cross-country. It identifies the high places and the low places. The route you take, however, is up to you. It's something you chart for yourself, taking into consideration what you want to see and where you want to end up. I challenge you to consider your education here not as a MapQuest kind of map, where you take a course because you are told to. Instead, think of those requirements and the choices you then make as landmarks to help chart an educational course that is distinctively yours. They are not something to get through as quickly as possible so that you can get on to the important stuff. Those requirements help you encounter perspectives and develop skills that we believe every St. Olaf student should have. They are critical points on your educational path and in your transformation but it's up to you to decide what they mean for your journey. Your four years at St. Olaf will be the sum of the choices that you make. These include the courses that you take, the clubs and sports and activities that you join, your contemplation and pursuit of spiritual growth, your summer jobs and internships and volunteer work, and even the ways in which you relax and play. This will be the path that you map for yourself. Your task is to be intentional about your choices during your time at St. Olaf and to be intentional about what you learn from those choices. Intentionality demands that you be aware of your interests and the things that give you good energy or that worry you or that fascinate you. Intentionality demands that you identify purpose and pattern in your choices. Intentionality invites you to be adventurous, too. Do take the opportunity to explore side paths to take that course or join that group because it sounds fun or because you're just curious about it. Sometimes connections with the rest of our plans do not become clear until afterwards. If you're following the MapQuest version of education, taking a turn that is not prescribed for you probably means you are lost. But with a relief map, those turns become part of the journey. You can always orient yourself by the landmarks established by what you have learned and experienced. In this way, you will make your education distinctively yours. For the class of 2015, that means 779 individual paths.
Some of you already know your destination. You know what your life goals are. However, many of you will discover life goals as you go along. And in either case, it is your task to understand how the various points on your journey are connected, how your courses and activities, friendships and amusements, summer jobs and travels build on each other to comprise something that is meaningful to you and valuable to the world. The rest, the result, should be transformative. In this way, your education and time at St. Olaf can be the center connecting your past, present, and future in much the same way as traditions forge connections across time and with others. Of course, any experienced hiker or skier knows that you don't strike out cross-country on your own. There are many people at St. Olaf to help you chart your path to the future and your transformation. They can help you identify those landmarks, point out when you're holding the map upside down, help pull you out of a scrape, and even help you see connections that you hadn't noticed. These fellow travelers include your friends, family members, professors, and advisors. So I stand before you on this solemn occasion, a middle-aged woman wearing the finest in 15th century garb, and in a high-quality synthetic fabric at that. <laughs> I stand before you a brand new provost lecturing you on tradition. Let this moment sum up for you the lightness and the weightiness of your time at this special college on a hill. Have fun, be brave, take adventures, and good luck. Thank you, Marcy. In a moment, I will invite you to rise for a rousing rendition of the college hymn. When it's over, please remain standing for the benediction and for the recession of the faculty. Have an awesome year. Dr. Marr, we are ready. Please stand.
May the living God, who is steadfast and generous, give to you grace for the transforming of your hearts and minds and courage for transforming the world. Amen.